What's up, Purpose Driven Entrepreneurs? I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Dr. Laura M. Brown. She is a naturopathic doctor and owner of South End Natural Medicine, and she is the author of Beyond Digestion, How Gut Health Connects to Your Mind, Body, and Soul. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Timmy. This is exciting to be here with you today. Cool. I'm excited to talk to you. So nice and easy question to start us off. Uh, Dr. Laura, how do you hope to be remembered when you die? This is an awesome question because you're always thinking, geez, what do you want people to be saying when not only are you not in the room, but you're just not really here anymore? Yeah, you're, um, you're never coming back unless you believe in uh, uh, reincarnation. So you're never coming back. And yet we, we all care about this, or maybe not everybody, but a lot of us do care about this. And I just thought that it would be cool as a, as a curiosity to go, all right, I want to talk to all these successful, purpose-driven entrepreneurial business leaders and ask them when they think about their ultimate legacy, what they're thinking about. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and you'd ask the question, you know, like life after death type of thing. Cause I think our souls go on and, and, uh, and, I and do they, too, they by do, the way. yeah, they do survive past this. And, and I think that's, you know, that we're here for a specific purpose in this lifetime and that, you know, we're meant to focus on the present and that's been an exercise over the past year, especially is really trying to focus on the present and, and, and what we have right now, because as we're focusing on the past or focusing on the future, I don't know about you, but I just get anxious. So um, mm. I try to focus more in on the present and really experiencing that fully. And as I sit with my patients, try to help them do the same. And at, when I finished writing my book, Beyond Digestion, I was kind of trailing off into areas of, you know, balancing the masculine and the feminine um, energies within us. And this goes back, you know, thousands of years to Lao Tzu. And we're talking about like yins and yangs and things like that. It's, it's not changed. We all have a male energy and a female energy within us. And it's, it's that balance. And I think it's a practice every day to, to be balancing things. And, you know, we talk about work-life balance. We talk about other things. And, and um, as, you know, as I go forward in life and as I learn, um, you know, I hope, I hope the impression um, or what I'm sharing is helpful that I'm actually reflecting, you know, the divine light. I'm, re I'm a reflection of that, uh, that I'm honoring that and that people feel that they feel light or brightness or truth and honesty and caring and compassion, um, but also, also inquisitive and curiosity um, but also timeless and intrepid, courageous, um, open-minded, those types of things. I mean, they're fancy words, right? But it's really just, you know, having people feel comfortable and just say, Hey, you know what? I just really, I just really loved, um, being in her presence. Yeah. Why do those traits matter to you so much that when you think about how people will remember you, they jump out? Um, because there's, there's things that I practice. And when I say practice, I work on them. I mean, uh, it doesn't always come easy. So it's things that I value because I feel that they are something that um, I want to be with. I want to yeah. experience. When you think about core traits that you want to be known for having, or you want people to experience from you, 
what are some of the ones that come natural to you? And what are some of the ones that do not come natural to you, but you were like, these, this is, it's so important that I develop this. Um, and I would say, I mean, different days, I bring different things to the table, depending on what kind of energies I'm trying to um, digest myself, you know, uh-huh. um, there's times where I'm a bit overwhelmed, and I just need time to unpack it. And once I've unpacked it, it's much easier for me to, um, to be that present person. That I have so present. many questions. Like when you make a sentence, I'm like, okay, what does she mean by digesting energies? I'm yeah, like, I've been that, like taking notes because I don't want to interrupt you, but uh, that is one that jumped out of my brain. Like, what do you mean when you say digesting energies? Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, I mean, I wrote that book beyond digestion. We digest not only our food, we digest our emotions, right? Our gut is our prime. Yeah, our gut is our primary sensing organ. Before we were upright citizens, it was our first brain. We, mm. we, pro- we produce 90% of our serotonin there, 400 times more melatonin in our gut. Um, we have, you know, 99% of the genes we carry around with us are not us. They're our microbiome. Um, that's pretty hefty weight. So what are they doing down there? And, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, what are they doing down there? What is it? You know, when I, and then I was doing another podcast with another naturopath and he goes, he was Jewish and he goes, you know what? The, the name for, for God in, in, in their languages is, is goot, goot, gut, gut. Okay. Like goot, like goot. And is, it, God. So is it, is it, is the root word? Is it the same root word as what, it, where they get the word gut? I guess that's okay. what it seemed to be when he was saying, cause he thought that was cool. But anyways, it, when you make, um, I mean, your, your, um, emotions are chemicals, right? Adrenaline, noradrenaline, epinephrine, dopamine, serotonin. These are chemicals that are created in your body when you sense things. And then it goes to your heart, your gut first senses, your heart feels, and then it goes up to your brain and your brain tries to make sense of it. Right. This is not how most people think of thinking and being. I think we all, including myself, I think that I'm this person up here, not this person down here. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a bunch of talking heads wandering around. We, f- we forget that we're even in our, but we're not even in our body, right? We're not fully, we're not fully in our body. Um, so when, when you, you have to think when people are grieving, this is when the, the idea of fasting came about because they are digesting so much of the experience. They can't digest food. People are also fast for connection with the greater gods, right? Yeah. To have that connection, um, they fast because we don't live on bread alone, right? Yeah. We, we also live on the spirit and the experience of the spirit. And this goes not just in Christianity. This goes in Hinduism, Muslim. This goes in many different um, types of faiths um, around the world in four centuries, Um, so this idea, and when I was writing the beyond digestion, it's like, sometimes we take in things beyond our digestion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I've had patients come in and, you know, they get a gut ache and when their boss is angry at them, this is how they pick it up. Um, you know, I, I remember receiving some really bad news and I'm heaving in, 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 in the toilet, right? Like I'm dry heaving. Why am I dry heaving? Uh, you know, like cut, you're having to digest these emotions. So you have to digest both your food and your emotions. And when 
And when things are beyond your digestion, we have, we have issues, we have issues, you know, with what's going on. And when our, when we've been in such a go, 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 go society, our nervous system is primed on that fight or flight. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's our sympathetic nervous system. So it's one side of our nervous system, one side of that snake that coils up. The other side of the snake that coils up is the parasympathetic system or the, you know, rest and digest. Now you can get into other different types of theories with the vagus nerve um, and how it balances. The vagus, vagus nerve, by the way, is what connects the central nervous system to the gut. It, it innervates all of, the, all of the organs of the gut. Where's the connects- vagus nerve? It, it's, it starts in the, in the brain and goes down the, the uh, spinal tract and then innervates the, um, the gut, but it also runs down like the back of the throat. That's why in yogic breathing, when you breathe and you stimulate the back of the throat, you can actually relax the vagus nerve and put yourself more into that rest and digest or the parasympathetic state or that relaxation state, mm. right? That's why breathing because you're, you're stimulating with vibration, right? Interesting. So um, we, you know, when we're in this go, go, go society, we're not, um, we're not digesting. We're not digesting not only our food, right? But we're not digesting the world around us or things emotionally. Yeah, yeah. You Does know, that something, that, so, something that comes to mind when you share all of that is um, something that I've noticed. Uh, so I love, I, I love my fiance. I love being with her. I love working with her. But something that I've noticed oftentimes is when we, if we try to work side by side together, like we go to Panera and sit side by side and just work side by side, or, you know, across from each other at the dining room table or whatever, um, I'll, I'll see her get really stressed out and she doesn't even have to talk to me, but I start getting stressed out. And, uh, and I'm like, why am I stressed out? <laughs> I don't, I have no reason to be stressed. I mean, I can come up with reasons to be stressed, but I just think like I have a a totally different experience doing the same types of work when I'm uh, sitting across from her next to her and she's stressed out or not. And uh, that's what came to mind when you said, you know, digesting energies. Is there, uh, what's the, what's the science behind that phenomenon? Or is that just me? No, it's not you. It's, it's a human experience. We do this all the time. Um, the HeartMath Institute has done studies on the science of the heart since the early 1990s, and they've found that you can actually energetically measure the electromagnetic vibration of the heart. You know, I think up to three feet away, they have instruments that can measure it, but they suppose that it goes you know, much beyond that, that you're picking up on these vibrations. Everything, everything is energy. Right. Newton's laws of energy is, you know, energy is not created. It's only transformed from one thing to another. You take in food, your microbiome and your gastrointestinal tract, turn that into what? Energy. Energy. Right. Right. Um, You're putting out vibrations um, as we're talking, our tone of our voice. That's a vibration. But you're also putting it out energetically through other ways too, right? So that you're picking up on this. And because you're so tuned in to your girlfriend, right? You're, you're picking up on body language. You're picking up on her tone of voice, but you're also picking up on her subtler vibrations, right? Yeah. So what, you, what you're sensing and your gut is sensing this, your heart is trying to 
you know, trying to like, you know, feel what's going on. And sometimes it can be confused. And then your brain tries to label it. Oh, this is frustration. This is anger. This is sadness, right? Your brain's trying to label it. Yeah. But your, your gut is sensing it. Okay. Yeah. And if you, if you look, you know, you, you might as well have like antennae sticking out of your gut, you know, picking up on these things. Okay. Right. And I mean, it's the same thing that you experience when you're at a, you know, at a conference and your back's turned to the door and somebody with a super electromagnetic personality, right? Probably the speaker of the evening or something walks in the door and you're just like, whoa, what's that? Right. And you turn around, like you didn't even see this person enter the room, but you're just feeling the whole energy of the room change. Right. Oftentimes when I think about this kind of stuff, I think in terms of what's the evolutionary advantage of this phenomenon um as a as like an explanation i don't know if this fits into your worldview or or what you've studied or whatever but um for me the way that i've rationalized it is you know this is probably what early versions of humans had to be able to do so that they could sense danger right like if somebody is stressed out next to you there's probably a reason to be stressed out so you're like searching for what's the reason for me to be like, I need to be stressed out too. And what, and what's the reason, where's the danger? Or do you think that that's not part of it? Oh, well, it's absolutely part of it. Absolutely. I mean, you have to think that as you're getting stressed out, you start to sweat and typically your sweat stinks a little bit. So you're sending out pheromones, right. And, you know, like dogs and cats are really, you know, really good at picking up on this, but you know, you might be smelling those things, but same thing when you, you talk about, um, you, you talk about relationships, like, um, you know, guys can tell by the smell of a woman's body where she's at in her cycle. Right. So there's things. I don't that know that I there. can tell that you can, <laughs> if you paid attention, right. Because the hormones start to make the sweat smell different. The breath st- smell different, right. The body odor smells different, right. So you're picking up on these things. So, you know, yeah, so it's, a, it's, you know, I mean, sex is about survival too, right? Passing on the species. This is our, this is our like animal brain, you know, working for us. And then our logical, like the, the, the frontal cortex and the logical side of the brain, you know, developed after that crocodile, like, you know, you know, hunt them down, you know, brain, you know, that, yeah. that basic bulbar brain. Um, those, you know, our other parts of our brain developed afterwards. So we try to put the, the language and the logic and, and all of that onto things. But See, that um, is the- an interesting theory that I've just recently started, uh, exploring, which is the idea that what, what's going on in the brain is more of a rationalization of the things that our body is programmed to do or wants to do, or is trying to do anyways. That's the left side of the brain, right? The left side of the brain is your logic, your learning, your, you know, your language. The right side is your experiential, your creative. It's where you tap into more of the, um, your connection, you know, to things bigger and, uh, you know, like the God, you know, God or whatever universal energy, whatever you call it. But it's also what often taps into what's going on uh, more so in the body um, the vagal nerve, actually 80% of the vagal nerves messages go from, you know, the gut area, the body area to the brain, 20% come from the brain down, 80% go up and it's, you know, going up and getting registered. Do you, I'm sorry, 
<laughs> terrible. Like, oh, this is uh, no. This do is you good. ever get when you when you do you ever get this uh, when you think about something really spiritual or you have like a spiritual um, like uh, uh, light bulb moment or or even just for me, I, I I'll believe that God is communicating something to me. Uh, I will get like a tingling sensation in the back of my neck that starts in the back of my neck and then goes all the way down into my uh, like lower body. Do, have you ever mm -hmm. gotten that or experienced that? Or do you have any idea what that is all about? That's your nervous system, right? That's, that is like the energy waking up. For different people, it can be different experiences, right? So it's learning how your body tells you that message. You're, if you're quiet enough in your body, you know what's going on. I always tell my patients that like you live in your body 24 seven. So this is your, you know, this is what you going, Oh, like this is the experiential side of, you know, of knowing, right. Like of, of connecting into that knowing. And it's often when you're receiving an inspirational thought or you're, you know, pulling things together. And I mean, we do this. Yeah. So this could very well be, that's, you know, that's part of what it is for you. For some people, you know, they, they hear things or taste things or, since you know sense things so there's many different uh, ways of experiencing this nice i have a completely unrelated question i want to add this has been really fun this is a very different episode than what i typically do although honestly it's not that different from what i typically do i typically just let my curiosity go crazy <laughs> um, I love it. but uh i just recently started thinking has any of your uh any of your clients or or just uh has anybody ever asked you about a dopamine fast do you have you heard of that or do you know what that is or tell me what that kind means of a, for you. it's kind of a okay so from my unlimited understanding it seems like it's kind of a fad way of dealing with something like adhd so um so i was diagnosed as a kid with adhd it's very hard for me to stay focused on a task for very long uh i typically i'll try to stay focused on a task and within an hour i will I will really struggle to stay focused on the task. And if I try to stay focused and I'm successful in staying focused, it's typically, it typically affects me negatively in some other way. Like I start to get really anxious in my body or whatever. Um, the solution for me oftentimes is to either change the task or change my environment. Um, uh, and I've been really tempted to want to try the meds, like basically go get re-diagnosed and, and get the meds. Um, because the concept of being able to focus for six hours in a state of flow on something that I need to get mm -hmm. done is so alluring. Uh, well, in looking in just like researching this, I came across this thing called a dopamine fast where people basically cut out of their life for a period of time, usually a day. Uh, everything that everything that would every kind of cheap way of stimulating yourself. So no video games, no sex, no uh no no movies no tv all of the uh no 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 like uh snacks anything that's really cheap and easy way of getting a stimulation what well, are your that's thoughts interesting. <laughs> that's, that's interesting because um i mean i think you'd have to do it more than a day because you're you're retraining your brain takes a while right and the brain is very plastic so it can be trained but what interests me more is um, your ability to focus Right. And yes, dopamine and adrenaline like coffee and, and, and stimulants can often be helpful for those with diagnosis of ADHD. 
but sometimes I think, I don't know, sometimes I think, and I found this with myself because I have a very active right brain and very active left brain. And they both want to be entertained at the same time. And when one side of my brain gets more entertained than the other, then the other one starts like, you know, like twiddling the fingers and poking at me and, you know, hey, look at that shiny thing, right? So what I, what I found works for me is, um, yeah, I think I love your idea of like changing environment um, and also music, like just instrumental music some things that tune into the different um i use the shocker music ones because often that's helpful for balancing for whatever reason listening to that uh, or just nature sounds listening to that but but taking out the stimulus and stuff like those those gratification things um can be tr- can be very effective in training um, because then you learn that going and getting that substance isn't going, isn't the answer, right? And I talk about this in my, in, in one of my chapters in my book, because we all have difficulties um, focusing, right? Um, sometimes we get stuck in what I call the nap trap, numb, avoid, or procrastinate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what's going, you know, what's going on? And then you try to get the answer. You know, some people try to get the answer, you know, out of you know know, too much shopping or too much sex or too much gambling or too much chocolate cake or you know too much coffee or too you know too much chocolate or whatever too many dunkin donuts what whatever whatever it is but you find out that okay i've had that and then i'm still feeling the same way the answer was not in the bottom of the ice cream container right (laughs) yeah right you know there's no prize at the bottom And even when you get to the prize at the bottom of the cereal box, it's not exciting and it breaks, right? Um, Sometimes it feels like there is a prize though, because it's like, I cannot put this down until I finished it. Well, then you're focusing, right? Like, so if you can focus on that, why can't you focus on something else? I don't have an answer to that question, Laura. <laughs> right? Like, so it's, it's, so in that it's the training. It's like, okay, I can get this satisfaction through another means. What am I really looking for? I had a patient come in, you'll like this. I had a patient come in and um, she, she wanted to eat right. She knew what she had to eat, right? She, she knew, but she couldn't yeah. do it. She just kept eating cookies and cakes and things like that. And she's like, I don't want to do it, but I just keep doing it. Yeah. So, you know, so I help her with the physical side of things. And, you know, I'm always peeling back the layers, the physical, the emotional, the cognitive, and then the spiritual. So we start on the physical side, get her all set up give her some things that help her curb her cravings, right? There's some great herbs that can help curb cravings of sugar. And we know that, um, you know, if, if it's sugar, indeed, we know that sometimes an overgrowth of candida or different, you know, gut bugs that are just imbalanced can make us crave different things because they preferentially feed themselves, these little critters. Okay. They're sending messages up the vagus nerve to the brain saying, you know, I want give me more of, okay. Yeah, like gremlins, right? And then you have to treat it like a four-year-old. Like, no, you can't have four chocolate chip cookies before dinner. No, you can't have one. None, no chocolate chip cookies. Right, so, but what she found is that, okay, she, you know, but we did all that and that still wasn't working. But um, she, she shared with me, I could just smell shame, right? She's sitting in my office and she's like not telling me something. And I could just smell the shame, you know, like she was just so ashamed of herself. And I'm like, it's not the cookies, it's not that because she really doesn't care. But what it was is that she was, um, she is an indigenous woman uh, and she's had to hide that her whole life. Hmm. 
and her soul she's in her midlife by the way i just her- got that tingling sensation all down my back <laughs> right because it's the truth right it's the soul the soul her soul is hungry and her soul's not fed by the by the cookies and the sweets right her you know her logical brain's going oh if you eat this, it's going to give you that dopamine high, right? Sure, you know, sugar's more addictive than cocaine. So it's going to like work on those dopamine receptors, yeah. but it wasn't doing it for her. Yeah. It was her soul on her right side. Her right brain was like, I'm so hungry. Like her soul just wanted to be fed. She needed to connect with some other women in her circle and, and do some of the things that they would do to connect. Yeah. Right. Um, she needed to, you know, write some letters to her niece and her sister. And, you know, she needed to connect with her soul. Yeah. And, you, you know, you ask, what do I want in my eulogy is that she helped me connect with my soul. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what is it about doing these podcast episodes to me that is so engaging to the point where, it does not feel like I am trying to be here or be focused or be present or whatever, but there are two things happening at the same time. A lot of logical processing is going on as I'm trying to think through like, you know, is this good content? Should I keep going on this track or should I try to switch it to keep the episodes interesting for anybody who's listening and and whatnot, plus all these long-term goals and all this kind of stuff. But then also there's a whole spiritual conversation that we're having together. Uh, And it's very much about like, you know, bigger, big, much bigger things uh, in spiritually. And um, that's part of asking somebody how they, how they hope to be remembered when they die. Like it just dives you into a conversation like that. Um, So that's really interesting to think about. We're pretty much over time, although I do have a for fun question that I like to ask Laura. So I'm a kid's book author. I believe that you can't leave a legacy without reaching the hearts of kids. Um, I also believe that to really know something includes being able to explain it to a a kid. Um, So my for fun question for you, Laura, is what is a topic uh, or what's a kid's book that you would make if you could? Oh, you know, obviously, you know, some of the things maybe that we're talking about today is, is, um, is how we process that, you know, yeah. sensing, sensing yeah. how we sense things and how our heart, you know, how our gut senses, our heart feels, and then our brain thinks. Yeah. I think just that concept of the, the progression, you know, this is what happens first. This is what happens second. This is what happens third. I don't, I can't think of anything. I I can't think of any children's media that's doing a great job of explaining that. Yeah, I don't know. I, you've probably read more of the children's books than I have. I haven't read them in a while. My kids are older, but yeah. uh, How old are your kids? Favorites. Um, 30 and 28. And I have, I have three stepchildren with, and the three girls have um, between the three of them, five. So five step grandchildren five-step grandchildren yeah that's awesome and what are their ages like what's the age span um one to 15 that's awesome um and uh do you get to see them a lot or is it mostly like distance um it, it ebbs and flows right with with the shutdown over the past little while it's been challenging yeah, yeah. Uh, we're shut down much more than you are there um yeah. but we, florida we, we it's can... like we don't even have covid 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> so we uh, we connect how we can. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Laura, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for taking this time with me. Um, man, there's more stuff I wanted to ask you, but I really do have to go. Um, uh, how would you like listeners to connect with you? Oh, um, LinkedIn um, is great. Looking for me through LinkedIn. Um, my website, southendguelph.ca is great. And Dr. Laura, D-R-L-A-U-R-A at southendguelph.ca is my email. So that's always good. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Laura. Thanks, Timmy. Send me any other questions. I love, uh, I'd love to connect. Okay, we'll do. All right.